I'd like to invite all of our children who are with us this morning to come forward, or if you're worshiping from home, to move a little closer to your screens. And I'm going to stay standing, but would love for you all to come and gather just right here so we can talk about what all this is up here. Yay, come on up and have a seat. Actually, maybe I can sit down on this step. That's better. Now, if I can get back up again, that'll be something to see, won't it? Welcome, everybody. Come on down. Well, today is a really special day in the church. It's called All Saints Sunday. Now, how many of you know what Halloween is? Raise your hand if you know what Halloween is. Yeah, we know what Halloween is. We go trick-or-treating. Yeah, that was last Sunday, wasn't it? Well, actually, Halloween, the word Halloween comes from All Hallows' Eve, and it's the night before All Saints' Day. All Saints' Day has been a long and important tradition in the church. And what we do on All Saints' Day is we remember all the members of our church who've passed away this past year, and we call out their names, and we remember stories about them, and we thank God for them. And we light a candle for each one. Now, if you look at the bulletin cover this morning, there are all the names of our church members who've... That's right. And you know someone who's died, and now they're in heaven. And we are going to name all the people who are in heaven now from our church. And we want to thank God for them because we love them and God loves them. And it's really a joyful day today because we're giving thanks for their lives. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for all the people we know and love who have died in this past year. And even though we're sad and we miss them, we also thank you and are grateful for the love that we knew through them. Help us to be saints. Help us to do what we can to share your love with the world and to shine your light with the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for listening. If you are three, four, or five years old, you can go with Pastor Maggie out that door to Children's Chapel. You're four and a half. Well, you should get to go to Children's Chapel then. If you're six, you can go back and sit with your parents or friends. Four, you get to go with Pastor Maggie. Surprise! For those of you who might be worshiping with us for the first time, I usually stand down there and preach. But for some reason on All Saints Sunday, I feel drawn to the pulpit. This is where I stand when I help officiate at a memorial service. And one of our saints whom we celebrate this morning is Bill Gray, and he really wanted me to preach from the pulpit. <laughs> I remember when I first started here, I got a text from Bill saying, the wonderful sermon, next text, it would have been better from the pulpit. <laughs> So here I am, Bill, and here I am, all of our saints this morning. On this All Saints Sunday, we are invited by the Gospel of Mark to join Jesus and his disciples in the temple. 
In this portion of Mark's gospel, Jesus has been in the temple for a while now. He's been teaching and preaching and establishing his authority and his place in the temple. But on this particular day, he is sitting in the treasury with his disciples, just watching what's happening. Now, to set the scene a little bit, the treasury, probably the place where this happened, was part of the women's court, and there were 13 receptacles to receive people's offerings. They were sort of trumpet-shaped. And so when people came through and, and dropped in their coins, it would have all been coins in those days, it made quite a noise. The more coins you put in, the more noise you made. Clang, 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 clang. Ching, 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 ching. And so it was a, a, a happy sound, a sound of people worshiping God and bringing their offerings. And I imagine it was a little bit chaotic on that day when Jesus was there with his disciples. But as they watched the goings-on in the treasury, Jesus took a moment and pointed out one woman making her offering. Mark tells us that she was a poor woman, a poor widow, one of the neediest people in Jewish society at that point. And she comes in the mix of the chaos and the noise, and she drops into the receptacles two little bitty copper coins, the smallest coins there were in that society. And you can imagine with the clang and clatter of all the other coins being shared and dropped, hers made no noise at all. Nobody noticed except Jesus. And he pointed her out to his disciples and said, look at her, see her. The gift she brings is more generous than the other gifts of all the others that we see. And so one question I have as I read this story is, what is it that Jesus wants them to notice? What's the point that he's trying to make? On the one hand, he could be simply pointing to the great extravagant generosity of this very poor woman. He may just want to point out that what matters in the kingdom of God is, is not necessarily what matters on an accounting spreadsheet. It's not the size of the gift that matters. It's the, the heart with which it is given, the spirit with which it is given. And this woman gives her gift with great generosity. She is giving everything she has. And as Jesus always does, he's, he's turning everything upside down. You may think that all of these others are the real generous ones, but the most generous one of them all is the one whose gift is nearly invisible. So it may just be a simple story about generosity. On the other hand, Jesus may be pointing to something else. He may be pointing out to his disciples the corruption and injustice inherent in this temple system, the way it's set up. It's a temple tax. It's an expectation that requires this widow to give everything she has to make her feel like she's doing what she's supposed to do. So which is it? Is it a story about this woman's generosity or is it a story about the corrupt temple system that is exploiting people and their faith in God for the sake of their own good? 
in the verses that precede the story of the widow, Jesus is, is denouncing the scribes and talking about how they devour widows' houses, how they enjoy walking around in their fancy robes and having positions of status and, and the respect of the community, and they use that to devour widows' houses. And he says her gift has been given. She has given a generous gift, but then he says it's all she had to live on. Surely that's not right. Surely the temple and the faith community should be taking care of a destitute widow like this, not taking the last penny she has. So which is it? If we celebrate the generosity of the widow, and don't look at the story from the other side, are we letting the scribes off the hook? Are we failing to denounce the corruption that brought this about in the first place? Or if we just focus on the system and the temple tax and the harm it's doing, are we undermining the great generosity of this widow who brings her gift wholeheartedly to God? Well, maybe, as is often the case with Jesus, it's not either or. Maybe it's both and. Yes, the temple is not perfect. Yes, the scribes, many of them are hypocritical. Yes, perhaps there is some exploitation happening here. The institution is not what it should be. But nevertheless, this woman comes and offers her gift for God's sake. Perhaps she does it out of love for God and out of hope for being part of building the kingdom of God as it should be. Maybe that's our calling too. As I pondered the story of this widow, I also came across another story this week that made me think of this generous woman in the story. Reverend Ratona Stokes Robinson is a pastor in another denomination and she was appointed by her bishop to a church and she showed up on July 1st to preach for the first time and the doors of the church were locked to her. It seems this congregation didn't want a woman as a pastor and so they locked the doors and refused to pay her salary. But nevertheless, every Sunday morning, well, all week long, she worked on a sermon, she studied the scriptures, she read her commentaries, she poured herself into writing a sermon that she felt was the word of God, and she showed up on the sidewalk right outside the church and preached with only her husband to hear her. This went on for weeks. On October 24th, two weeks ago, there was a delegation of women in ministry from that denomination in that area who came to hear Reverend Stokes Robinson preach. And they were surprised to find her locked out and standing on the sidewalk. Well, they did not let it pass and they let it be known and the story went viral and so then the bishop came and asked for the keys of the church and told the congregation to pay her back salary. And last Sunday was the first time she preached from the pulpit of that church. So even though the, the institution was not welcoming her, even though the door was locked, 
She poured herself into the ministry she had been called to do, showing up week after week to preach and trusting that somehow God would use that and it would make a difference. And it has. As I look at this list of saints on our bulletin, I think about all of these saints who throughout their lives served institutions that were imperfect, that didn't always treat them the way they deserved to be treated, worked to change things, to make life better, when always there weren't good results. And yet they gave themselves day in and day out with hope and faith because of their love for God and their trust that God was at work bringing about the kingdom of God. I think about our beloved George Cate and how he served as a delegate to the United Methodist Church conferences and worked within that system to make our denomination better and more like the kingdom of God. I think about Dr. Sam Marney and Dr. Michael Reed, who in their medical practices likely had patients who wouldn't take their advice, worked within systems that weren't always perfect, but they put healing and care as their calling and went to work day in and day out and offered what they had. I think about Sue Miller in that library at MBA, probably sometimes working with students who weren't interested in the research she was helping them with, and yet she served faithfully and gave her best, trusting that what she was doing was making a difference in their lives and in the life of the world. I think of all of these saints. I think of Reverend Stokes Robinson. I think of the poor widow in the temple. And I'm inspired. I'm inspired to work within whatever institutions I find myself, as imperfect as they are, as unjust as they can be at times, to make them better, to make them more just and more equitable and more welcoming. I feel inspired to give with extravagant generosity all of myself into the work that God is doing in the world and not worry so much about what gets recognized and what gets named and what gets celebrated. Not even worry so much about the differences that I'm making in the world, but to put my trust in the God of the poor widow, in the God of Reverend Stokes Robinson, in the God of all our saints who is working even now and will continue to work when, when my candle is lighted to bring about the kingdom of God on earth as, in, as it is in heaven. Thanks be to God for the saints whom we celebrate today.